This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome to another episode of Five on Three. I am Will Jing. I'm joined by Nick Palmer and Samantha Borer. This is WFUV's signature hockey podcast. How are you guys doing? Superb. We are just <laughs> a day away from the most meaningless game <laughs> of the NHL season. I am jacked. Sam, how are you? Wow, thanks for asking. You know, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. Um, my tummy hurts a little bit, but I'm being incredibly brave today. Um, because you know, that's what, that's what a squirrel's got to do. A squirrel's got to do what a squirrel's got to do. So I don't know why you're giving me that look, Nick Palmer, but what, what's the squirrel have? I am the squirrel. Any, why? Because, you know, like, okay, squirrel friend, like, all right. Great. Right? Will, how are okay, you? Anyways, how are you, Will? <laughs> I am very tired. I can't lie. As I always am. I've been taking melatonin recently cause I've been having trouble Mistake. falling asleep. No, it works. Yeah, it does work. Too well. <laughs> But um, I, I am nonetheless excited to be joined by you guys here on this podcast. And as you guys can see, Nick and Samantha obviously have, a, I don't even know how to describe it, a, a weird but interesting chemistry. And I would love to see how it plays out for the, <laughs> for the rest of this podcast. We're going to start off with the Islanders. And they just made a trade. They traded for Bo uh, Horvat and they traded away Anthony Beauvillier and uh, another player and a first round protected pick. Do you guys think that this is going to help the Islanders, or did they make a mistake in this trade? Woo! <laughs> Bo Horvat is an Islander. What now? Okay, let's start with the bad news. You lost a fan favorite in yeah, Anthony Bavillier. You did. And a promising kid in Atu Ratu. Um, you will not have a first-round pick uh, in the draft next year unless if the Islanders secure a top 12 mm-hmm. Uh, pick. So for anyone who doesn't know how it works, if the Islanders get a top 12 pick in the lottery this year, that pick is protected, and the next pick, no matter what it is, the next year, will go to the Canucks. So we only have, sorry, we, the Islanders only have Bo Horvat for the rest of the year. He's what you call a rental. Um, so unless Lamorello has a trick up his sleeve, and as you know, stories from Lou Lamorello don't really get out until they're for sure done. Yeah. Um, so in all likelihood, Lamorello is probably already in agreement with Horvat regarding an extension. Um, I don't think he's dumb enough to trade those assets away for a rental. So you just sort of got to look at it as if you don't make the playoffs, it could be a bust of a trade. So now let's look at the good news. You know, your team now has a leading goal scorer, a new leading goal scorer, mm-hmm. and a new po- leading point getter. His name is Bor Horvat. Welcome to the team. Um, your team now has another representative at the 2023 All-Star Game, so congratulations, Bo. Also true. Um, your team also now has flexibility. You can now stick Matt Barzell on the right wing and have Anders Lee on the wing with, with Bo Horvat and watch them emotionally vanquish their enemies, um, or you can spread them out as centers and you can provide some sustained pressure. So you have some options here if you're Lane Lambert. Um, and finally, the Islanders can now score. They're still in the top teams for goals against so hopefully with the points flowing from Horvat the Owls can find their way into a playoff spot 
Yeah, I think that all in all, this was a great move by the Islanders. Like you said a lot of what I was going to say, that he is a goal scorer, he is a points leader, he has everything that they need. I think him and um, our boy, I'm going to say our boy because Lou Orlando is now in the studio. So our boy, Matt Barzal, even though uh, Nick Palmer hates when I say that. He's my boy. All right. Well, all right. But um, I think that the two of them together is going to be something really special because it does allow them that flexibility. It does allow Barzal to be right or left wing and then to have, obviously, Horvat at center. And he is a finisher, which is what they need, because as good as Matt Barzal is, you know, he is an opportunity creator. That's why he has as many assists as he has this season. Perhaps, you know, he's not the finisher that they need him to be. But now they have someone who can be. So I think it's going to be really beneficial for them, especially because, you know, I think what I read was that the Islanders have scored 22 collective goals in their last 13 games. That sounds about right. They've had multiple games with two or less goals. I don't remember the exact number, but it's it's something like that where, you know, they're not they're not scoring as much as they need to. And in this, this era of hockey, a lot of it is just score high, score often. So I think it'll really help them there. I think that it is tough what they've given up. You know, you're giving up Aturati, you're giving up... Anthony Bovillier, which, first of all, one of my favorite last names, just like ever to say. Love the guy. Love the guy. Also a fan favorite. Like you said, he's a household name for Islanders fans. He's been there for years. Really like a hit to the community to lose him. However, I think what is worse is the draft pick um, because this will now be the if if they don't have a top 12 pick this year. Um, I think it'll be the fourth year in a row that the Islanders do not have a first-round draft pick, something like that. I believe that's true, that and not right? not to mention these two upcoming draft classes are insane. Ridiculous. I mean, we know Connor Bedard is going number one, so it's not like they have a chance to get him unless they absolutely tank the rest of the season and then win the lottery. But this draft class, like you said, is ridiculous. And I mean, if you're gonna you're gonna be outside, and I think what would be even worse is though let's say the Islanders you know end up in the playoffs and so they don't have or like let's say they don't make the playoffs so they they get their top 12 pick this year right great next year they miss it that means that the Canucks get whatever pick we have we have the Islanders have I can't even say we I'm not even an Islanders fan whatever pick the Islanders have even if that is first overall the Canucks then get that pick sure which is ridiculous and very risky because if the Islanders were to tank next year and end up with, you know, pick two or three, that's going to hurt. Yeah, you also have to take into account the fact that um, Matthew Barzell and Brock Nelson are both also centers, and you also just added Bo Horvat, another center, so you do have to make sure. some choices about who you want to, you know, who you want to move, who you want to who you want to stick, and then obviously in the back of your mind, you're also thinking, you might only have this man for one year, and then after that, he could dip and say, I'm out. I want to go someplace else. Yeah. And so you really have to capitalize it. And I just, it's, it's kind of a short term move, but it's really just a matter of, I guess, how the team plays the rest of the season, because that will determine whether this trade was worth it or not. I think that if they, they can't be stuck in, I guess I would say middle ground because mm-hmm. you either have to make a run and entice Bohorva to come back and, you know, figure things out with, you know, um, your lineups and everything, or you got to get that pick. Yeah. So because if you're stranded in the middle, Bo Horvat might leave. He's not really entitled to come back. You lose the pick, and then then you're just really in a bad spot. And so I, I just it's for me. I don't really know if it's a it's a win or lose trade yet. You just kind of have to see how it pans out for the Islanders. But we're gonna move on to the other side of New York, to the New York Rangers, who have a little bit of a 
boiling controversy over Pride Night. Mm-hmm. They originally planned to wear Pride Night jerseys for their warm-ups, and then it didn't end up happening, which certain people weren't happy about it. Um, the Rangers did put out a statement saying they you know, support Pride Night and, and whatnot, um, that it was just you know the decision they made for that night. Um, do you guys think that this was the right move, the wrong move? Is this um, does it not really matter? Well, I have some pretty strong feelings about this. On this, this week's episode of Sam Gets Political. On this week's episode of Sam Gets Political. Sorry, but you can't. I know I do it a lot, but here's the thing. is not to get all meta, but politics and sports go hand in hand. Absolutely. We live in this. Inc- I mean, that's the way that our world is, especially sports, because there is such a large international presence, because there are so many big personalities. It's bound to get political. and That's life. You can't ignore it for the sake of the game. you know. And if you do, then I think that's incredibly remiss as a member of today's society. So there you go. that's my statement on that, first of all. But second of all, <laughs> but second of all, I think that this was, I think the Rangers tried to save themselves a PR nightmare and made one in the process. I think here's the rumors that are swirling for those of you at home that don't know. The rumors that are swirling are that after Ivan Provorov did not uh, do warm-ups on Flyers Pride Night because he did not want to wear the uh, jersey that they had for their Pride Night because he is Russian Orthodox and said it went against his religious beliefs and that created a whole controversy. The rumor is that there was a player on the Rangers squad who was not going to wear the jersey in warm-ups or did not want to or wasn't going to warm up or didn't want to have the rainbow stick tape, something like that. And in the process of the Rangers attempting to avoid the same controversy around a single player that the Flyers experienced with Provorov, they created controversy around the entire organization by pulling Pride Night altogether or by pulling the jerseys altogether. That is what happened. There are rumors that it was one of the Russians on the team. Obviously, rumors are rumors. Nothing is confirmed. We don't know. No one's spoken on it. Obviously, they made the statement that they made. Rumors that it was perhaps Panarin or Igor. We don't know for sure, so I don't want to say anything in that way, but that is what the internet is speaking of. Those are some big guys, Those are too. some big guys, and that's the thing is I I have to wonder if they pulled it because it was a big name because, you know, if it was, but I'd be thinking it was Panarin because Lou brought up a good point to me earlier when we were talking about this. If it was Igor, Halak was already playing that night. Sure. Right? Halak sure. was already there. So why not scratch Igor and just, he wouldn't be warming up anyways then. If he's if he's fully scratched, if he's not even going to be dressed for the night, then he doesn't have to go out and warm up. He doesn't have to warm up in the jersey. Who, who's their third? I have no idea, I but if know. you're going to do... I, I think that's their two. Well, yeah, I mean, those are their two, but like if you're... But even if he was, he wasn't. He already wasn't playing, right? So if he wasn't out there for warm-ups, sure. it wouldn't have been the most alarming thing in the world because he already wasn't the first string goalie that night. So it makes me think that it was someone like Panarin, which is a hard thing to stomach, but I think that the Rangers, all in all, created such a huge controversy for themselves that could have been avoided... Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs. We never will. But that is, in fact, how I feel. And I think it's it's hard for, you know, the members of the community that now feel unseen. And we're looking forward to Pride Night. And a little um, a little tidbit from our friend Lou Orlando. Uh, he says that he has seen Igor wearing a Pride Night jersey, which means in our little game of Guess Who, it is probably Artemi Panarin. Which is so sad. Which is so sad because he's so good at hockey. He's so good at hockey and he's a lovely fellow in the locker room. He's very nice. So, yeah. I will say this though. Um, just I feel like in my opinion, I'm not too one side. I'm not going to take one side because I feel like there, there is, um, I, I guess there's a, a, a point to be made on both sides. I feel like um, to, to your point, Sam, I feel like you 
if you are going to know that you're not going to do this, then you shouldn't have this thing happen in the first place. You should get everything together and organize in the first place and say, all right, who doesn't feel comfortable doing it? You don't. All right. Is so then we should just. Um, so what, what are you going to do would after, you after you've already announced you're going to wear these jerseys? No, I'm saying you shouldn't have announced in the first place. Like, like not oh, had a pride okay. night this yes. season. I, th- okay. I feel like that that would have avoided this altogether. I think that I'm a person who always says you you got to keep your word. So if you're gonna say it, then you have to do it. And hmm. if sure, if you're not going to do it, then you you should have that sorted out beforehand. But at the same time, on the other on the flip side of the coin, I also miss when um I guess we could say. We could even go back not not too long ago, a few years ago, when sports were not so intertwined with you know politics and you know business and you know you, we didn't have you know NBA players walking around with the with the you know like the Warriors with the with the Rakuten patch on their jerseys. I just wish when it was, I I I miss when it was just sports because I it made it feel more special to me. You know, hmm. I I feel like I'm somebody that that likes to likes to have a little bit of separation and you know of, of course it's you know you want to do this type of stuff off the court that that's right. very that's fine with me that that's you know that's wonderful if if you support whatever cause you you would like to support but i just miss when 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 it comes to the league and just on the court on the field on the ice it was just that because i feel like all the other stuff it it takes away from when when you see these players go out and it's like oh my god it's so special because now they're they're just appearing all over the place they're they're doing this, they're doing that, and it's just like now you have business politics coming in, and now it's just like there, there, there is like that argument for like more than an athlete, but also like I feel like I don't know personally as as a sports fan that just I don't know for for me I I really started getting into sports around like the early two thousand and tens, and that was a time where I really felt when it was like just sports, especially I mean I was I was I know this is not what the podcast is exactly about, but you know basketball and you know. I feel like uh, that that's one sport where obviously there's been a lot of outside influences, but again, this is just really a, a tough, a tough issue for the Rangers. And if it is Panarin, I, I completely understand like the way they want, went to go about this because then it's like, you also want to stand by your teammate, especially if he's such a heavy contributor. And right. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't even know what I would do with this. It's just a, a tough, tough situation for the Rangers. It's it's a hard situation to be in, but I think right now, like I know this isn't like obviously the point of the the podcast here, but I think it's impossible to like try and separate sports and politics in that way because, like you said, like the more than an athlete thing that's been coming out recently, I think is so true. These are more than athletes; these are people with lives and families and everything. But also, you know, it says more about like the state of how these sports have been so prejudiced so racist so homophobic for so long that you know these are communities that need to be included in the game and in sports and you know I there's a lot of controversy over whether or not you know having pride night actually does anything good for the visibility of the community and like that's a whole other discussion you're raising you're raising some money for hockey's for everyone exactly which is great which is an awesome organization but I think that, you know, it is impossible for me at least to sit here and be like, oh, I can only view sports as sports because that's not that's not I think something I can I can stomach because it's it's not when you look at, you know, players receiving homophobic comments when you're looking at, you know, players being hate crimed in the minors when you're looking at everything that happened with them. Uh, who was it? Like it was like when P.K. Subin would talk about how he received racist right. remarks. When you talk about 
how Zach Hyman is the only one of the only Jewish players in the league and he's receiving anti-Semitic remarks and there are signs being held up when he has been entering into Edmonton to go back home for games that are saying slurs about him being Jewish. It's impossible for me to sit here and just say, this is a game. I understand what you're saying. We're like, it's an escape. And that's part of the beauty of sports is that it's an escape from everyday life. It's like you're watching a movie almost. It's like you're watching a movie. Yeah. But that's, I mean, even then, like movies are about, movies are about real life. And so I don't know. I, I completely understand what you're saying, but I'm just like, for me, it's impossible for me to sit there and do that because it is about more than that. And sports are so intertwined with, you know, the political state of the world and with prejudice and everything and like sexism even as a woman in sports like that's something that like when they have like women's night at games like that's really important to me so I think it's impossible to just you know forget that but I understand what you're saying I'm not trying to disrespect you by yeah, any yeah, means I just I respectfully disagree with what you are saying yeah and that's okay. I, I, absolutely it's it's, res- it's absolutely respect and you know we all have our own opinions and sure. that's what I feel like this is about just sharing our own different opinions but on a happier note, we're going to move on a little bit. We talked about the Islanders. We've spoken about the Rangers. And we're going to put the third team in our metropolitan kind of New York, New Jersey area into this discussion, the New Jersey Devils. And we decided that we're going to build a little bit of a fantasy team, I guess you could say. We're going to... Sure, you could call it that. We could, we're going to draft our own, even though I guess we're going to have overlapping players. But we're going to pick our um, our fantasy teams between the three players We've decided to go with one goalie, four defensemen, six forwards. I'm going to go to you first, Nick. Who do you have in your team? So I just want to clarify for this segment, we're not just picking out of the Devils. We're picking out of the entire tri-state area. Yes. yes. And 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 let's call it a mini all-star team because we are approaching the all-star game as sure. it is tomorrow. So, so let's create our little mini tri-state area all-star team. So I'll start off, but let's start off with, the forwards, because I feel like there will be a lot of agreement um, sure. in that regard. So I'm just going to list off maybe the, my my top six forwards for these three squads. Uh, first, I'm going to go with Artemi Panarin. The dude is absolutely talented. Um, and I know maybe he's in a little bit of hot water right now. But he's still a good player. But he's still a great player. Um, I will add on to that maybe first line, the likes of maybe a Jack Hughes in there. Um, dude's having a career year. Dude is stepping up to a level that he was expected to be at. I think his first, uh, his first showings maybe weren't the best, but he's certainly stepped into his own. Uh, maybe join him to round out that line with someone. Um, by the way, I'm not going by wingers and centers here. I'm just picking three forwards and three forwards. Maybe to join Panarin and Hughes on that first line. Maybe you go for someone like a Bo Horvat. Perhaps you forget even. he is he is he's eligible. he's eligible. So that would be maybe my first line, and then maybe as a second line, you know, of just terrible players who don't match up. Maybe like a Jesper Bratt, Mika Zibanejad, and Brock Nelson <laughs> on that third line. Just players that are so bad at hockey that they 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 don't deserve to be on that first line. That was crazy. You just called Mika Zibanejad bad at hockey. And I called Brock Nelson bad. I and was fair. And you called Brock Nelson bad. You were fair. You were fair. I, I will give you that. Um, Wow. Okay. Will, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? I was going to say you will go next and I will round it All up. All right. Rock on. My four words. I've got Jack Hughes. Naturally. Wow. Wow. I know. Wow. Who could have guessed? That's my own Wilson impression. Wow. I, I was actually really good. <laughs> 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 well, who could have guessed that that's where I'd end up uh, with my first pick is Jack Hughes. 
Um, after that, Artemi Panarin. Naturally, this is in no order. I didn't arrange sure. mine into lines. I just sure. picked six. Um, Jasper Bratt, because the Lovely. Bratt pack, and he's quite good. Uh, Bo Horvat, because as we said, he's now eligible for this here tri-state area team, and he's a great player, and I can't wait to see what he adds. Uh, JG Pajot. Is it interesting? Pa- yes. Is it Pajou or Pajot? Pajot. Pajot. Thank you. JG Pajot. Interesting. Yeah, that is not what I expected. Why? I know. Yeah, why? Why? Okay. Well, here's the thing is, I generally, I really like the way he plays. I like that he's a full-in sure. player. I like that he is aggressive when he plays. So I, aggressive. His stats aren't bad this year by any means. I mean, he's got 10 goals, 17 assists, 27 points so far, which obviously isn't the world's greatest, but I don't think that they expect him to be the goal scorer of all goal scorers. Right. And he contributes where he's needed, you his know? His forecheck. His forecheck is great. And I think that as a member of this Islander squad that, you know, is like, quote unquote like big and bad and what they are yeah he's not the fastest guy in the bunch but he gets in there when he needs to and he's not afraid to be physical and be aggressive henceforth I would put him on my team if I had the choice to between these three like maybe that's my wild card pick but I like JG Pajot I'd put him there okay so I admire him as a player um and then just to piss Nick Palmer off Jimmy VC. all right Lou Orlando was in the back of the studio and he just went, let's go through the glass. I can see it happen. Justin Pissnick Palmer off. And also because he's genuinely so good. He's not. He is. He's been having (laughs) a really. No, this is going to actually fire me up. Because here's the thing is he's been having a good season. Lou and I have talked about this, but he's so much more improved. He deserved the contract extension he got. And I don't care if you don't. It's the intangibles. I don't care if you don't like him. I enjoy It's the intangibles. I like him. So, yeah, there's a lot of controversy over over uh, Mr. VC here on this podcast, usually, because Nick Palmer hates him, but Lou and I love him. So, it's a bit tough. But anyways, those were my, my six forwards I'd pick. I like that you were a little surprised by... I like that I could throw a little curveball in there. I was surprised Did by the last it? two, so yeah. yeah. Hey, cool. Keep it interesting. Yeah, do we have any divergence here? Unfortunately, I think I share a lot of picks with you, Nick. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, we did not plan this for anyone who's listening to no. um, have this overlap but i i didn't originally anticipate me separating it into the um the first string and the second string but mm-hmm. i'm gonna do that right now sure. so i'm gonna uh, i i kind of have to be a little bit biased and not because of the reasons you think i'm gonna go with i'm a rangers fan but i'm gonna put both panarin and zibanejad together okay and joining them, I'm going to put Jack Hughes. Yeah. Oh, okay. my gosh, yeah. All right. So Super That cheap. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, I, like, if Panarin and Zibanejad were on different teams, I would not have put them both together. But just because I feel like that chemistry, I would like to have that for sure. And then um, on the other, uh, on the other one, I'm going to put Brock Nelson, mm-hmm. Jesper Bratt, and I'm going to put Bo Horvat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so... Now we're going to go back around and let's go with defensemen. Let's talk a little so, defense. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk defense. Nick, I'm going to go back to you. Who do you have as your four defensemen? So I guess my first defensive pairing, um, obviously a- Adam Fox ha- has Certainly. to be on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's having a stellar year. Um, dude puts up more points as a defenseman than just about anyone you can think of besides yeah. – his pairing on this on this little team, which is Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. That pairing would be absolutely nuts. The amount of goals you would get 
is absurd. The amount of assists you would get is also absurd. The two are also very solid defensively, and you don't see that a lot with offensive defensemen because usually if you are going to run an offensive defenseman in a game, you're going to want to pair him with someone defensively minded Mm -hmm. because you can't have two people taking clappers from the blue line all the time, and then you just get cherry-picked and you're done. So I think that that would be my first two. And then maybe on the second, you know, you want to put Adam Pellick in there. 2021 All-Star, had some unfortunate injuries, still looks as good as he's been. Um, And Keandre Miller Mm -hmm. as my little pocket pick. Lou Orlando with the little fist pump. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the, the dude has been. I, I can I'm at least from a Rangers perspective, he's been outperforming what was expected of him. Um, you know, becoming a a top defenseman on a Rangers team with Adam Fox and a guy like uh, like Truba. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't see it coming, but but there he is. Wow. Rock on. Okay, my my picks are pretty similar to yours. That's not going to make this very interesting. Again, no particular order or line pairings. Um, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, Dougie Hamilton, and then I had either Pelic or Graves. So we essentially said the exact same four people. I just didn't know how to arrange mine. But I I love that you said Dougie Hamilton because I'm a huge Dougie Hamilton fan. Really? I just like, I love him. First of all, he's very nice. I find him quite charming and quite kind, which like automatically makes you, makes me like you more as a player if you're a decent human being, because so often I feel as if I interact with people that I've idolized and sometimes in the sports world I idolize and then I'm like, you suck. You are mean. Why are you so mean? Like there's no need to be mean. Um, and so then when I interact with nice people, I love it. So like, I love Dougie Hamilton. I love Damon Severson for the same reason. Mm. Both very nice guys, at least to the media, very nice, which I enjoy. And he's a great defenseman, and he scores. So I love that you had him in there, too, because I think he deserves recognition, especially after, you know, breaking his jaw last season and having to have it right. completely, like, rewired right. and wired shut for months. He is back, baby. Capital B, back. I do like your Graves pick, though. Thank you. I love well. Ryan Graves. Ryan Graves is great. I think he's a little bit undershadowed by Dougie Hamilton. Sure. Or sorry, overshadowed, not undershadowed. A little overshadowed by our friend, by the friendliest, Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton. What do you think, Will? My first two are going to be unfortunately boring. Um, sure. They're going to be repeats, Adam Fox and um, Dougie Hamilton. Because you have to pick them. You yeah, must. exactly. And then my second two are a little bit more interesting. We're going to spice things up. First off, I have Ryan Lingren. Ooh. which is different from what we've had Whoa. so far. Nice. Nice. Um, really solid huh. amount of blocks a season. And then my other pairing, who also has a pretty solid amount of blocks a season, is coming from the Islanders. I'm picking Noah Dobson. Right. He is right. injured right now, but but good God, that, that first first part of the season, Dobby was on point. Yeah, so yeah. that is um, that rounds out my defense. And then now we're going to go around to the goalies. Um, I'm going to go to Nick first, and I don't know, Nick, do you have a surprise for us? There's only one right answer to this question. Uh. If you're looking at the stats, there's only one right answer to this question. It's and, the intangibles. And it's, no, it's not the intangibles. <laughs> it's No, in this case, it is certainly not the intangibles. It is the tangibles. All right, fine. Maybe go for the second best save percentage in the NHL. Maybe go for someone with a 2.34 goals against average, even though that's not a as highly valued stat anymore save percentage is a, a lot more uh useful um 
but the answer is Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. If if you don't think the answer is Ilya Sorokin, I recommend you watch a little more hockey. Sure. No, I as as much as you know, I was clowning you before the show and just now I agree. I mean, I, I was gonna say it'd be if this was not just a an all star team, you know, if this was like a fantasy sure. draft situation or if I was constructing my like world's most perfect team, I would have a tandem of Igor and Sorokin. That's what I would have is back and forth, like a Swim and Olmark situation. Because right. I think that would be killer, rid- like ridiculous. I mean, but the Isles already have, you know, a killer goalie tandem. Um, but I do think that like that would just be a lot of fun to watch. But no, I respect you and sure. I agree. I would I would pick Sorokin and his backup would be Igor. Lovely. Lovely. A backup as Igor. I know, which is hard for me to say, but I can't deny. If we're talking last season Igor, no shot. It's Igor first all the way. If we're talking this season's Igor, I think I might have to go with Sorokin. I am shocked that I'm going to have to say I disagree by saying Igor Shesterkin. Okay. Okay. I did not think that is something I would ever say in this kind of situation this year. But here we are. Um, yeah, you're right. The stats do point away from Igor, but I just feel like he was really good last season. I think mm, it's hard, but I feel like I feel like I would trust him more than I sure. trust Ilya Sorokin. All Although right. it is a, I'll give you both. It's a very respectable pick. Sure, certainly. And I, I also p- part of my reasoning here is just h- how have they created wins for their team? And you know, one of the most important things for a goalie to do is to be able to steal a couple games for their team, where maybe your team isn't outplaying the other team, maybe you're getting knocked around pretty bad, but some goalies can just turn it on and win games. Yeah, for teams, even when their team isn't doing well. So the Islanders, they've been on a crazy slide, and and not not only in their in the wins that they're picking up, but more so, I mean, in their play. Mm-hmm. And when a team's on a slide like that, it becomes important for your goalie to step up every once in a while, get your team a win when they need it. And he has been doing that all season long. Yeah, I I think that it's undeniable. Both of these goalies obviously are incredible in their own right and both deserve to be all-star goalies. Absolutely. And if this were a real all-star situation, uh, if we if we in fact held the ballots in our hands, safe to say that I think both of these goalies would find a way to make it somehow. Votes rigged anyway. Vote is rigged anyways. So if you tune into last week's episode with me and Nick Palmer, you will hear us talk about that anyways. Anyway, we are going to be (laughs) moving on right now. Um, We have not had any Rangers games recently, so... We're going to keep it moving along in a, I guess, kind of non-traditional podcast segment kind of manner. Um, our next segment, we're going to go over who we think are a sneaky best or worst team so far this season. Let's give out some awards. Yeah, some so awards. right now that. I'm going to swing it over to Nick Palmer. Sure. So let's talk about a sneaky good player who maybe is not so sneaky anymore, um, but last year he was certainly sneaky. Um, how about Tage Thompson, guys? How about him? Last year, people were going crazy over him. Oh, look at him, you know, almost a point-per-game player on Buffalo. What is this? He, We don't need Jack Eichel anymore. We have this guy. Um, but, you know, ever since Eichel was shipped out to the desert and everything falls apart in upstate New York, as it always does, <laughs> um, Tage Thompson, the kid has tied his 21-22 season point total of 68, and it's the All-Star break. 
He's already tied last year. I mean, this is this is Aaron Judge home run level stats we're looking at here, where we're like, what? He's already matched his total, and it's the All-Star break? Um, unfortunately, he did leave last last night's game with an upper body injury. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't catch so that. So he will not be participating in the All-Star game. Oh, that's so sad. I didn't catch that. But someone who I think is very deserved will be taking his place in Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, yay. Um, I'm very happy about it. I feel like Darlene's super underrated. And honestly, I, he even Darlene was a candidate for this award when I was thinking about it. So, you know what? All the power to Tage Thompson. Dude, remember when he had, like, those two weeks of mm-hmm. putting putting in, like, four points a game? And yes. you're like, what is going on? I, I can't remember exactly what the stat... I wish that I had that pulled up in front of me right now. Whatever it was where, you know, he ended those two weeks with, like, 18 points or oh something. And I was like, is this ridiculous? Especially because of who he was last season, like you said, he was my pick too. So I mean, yeah. not to not to be boring there, but um, yeah, he was he was my pick as well. I love the Aaron Judge analogy while you're wearing a Yankees hat that shows how much you mean it. Um, but it's it's true. I mean, like putting up the same stats you did last year when you're already here. It's the same thing for not to skip ahead in the segment, but a sneaky good team this year, sure. the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken have already matched their point total and their win total from last season. And it's only at the All-Star break. So same right. thing for both of them. They were both my picks for sneaky good player and sneaky good team because maybe they're not so sneaky anymore. Maybe they are finally getting the recognition. But a team that at the beginning of this year and a player at the beginning of this year, I would have said were completely insignificant that I now find incredibly significant. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the same thing where the Kraken already have their, whatever, 60-something points that they ended the season with last year. And that's where they're sitting right now with 30 games left to play. So huge. Yeah, I'm going to have to... I, I hate that I have to be boring, but I'm going to have to take the Kraken as well. Just complete 180 from last season as my um, sneaky good team. I definitely did not expect this because, I mean, especially at the beginning of the season, I was just like, when I would see, you know, the Rangers on the schedule against the Kraken, I was like, oh, nothing to worry about. And then slowly you're like, oh, actually, they are a team to worry about. Right. So I'm going to definitely go with them as my surprisingly good team. And as for my player that's doing really well this season, I'm going to go with David Pasternak from the Boston Bruins. Of course. 72 points, 25 plus minus. I mean, I 38 goals. This is I don't I I this is just I'm just speechless. And he's, you know, obviously led the Bruins to being um the top team in the uh in the Atlantic Division. I mean, this is just um absolutely incredible but i'm gonna go we're gonna keep going in this circle and now we're gonna swing it over to a disappointing player and a surprisingly bad team so just touching on the kraken before we go from there i i mean i don't know if you guys remember last year the original reaction to this team was that they were not legit Mm -hmm. i mean even 20 games in to this year people are saying oh their schedule was easy that's why they have so many wins market correction blah 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 no mccann has kept up his scoring, which has been important. Um, and here we are, the Seattle Kraken are atop the Pacific Division going into the All-Star game with a record of 29, 15, and 5. Their playoff odds, chances of making the playoffs, 95.6% that you're going to see the Seattle Kraken in the wow. playoffs. And everyone was bagging on them last year. They're criticizing, oh, in the expansion draft, they didn't go as hard as Vegas. Why didn't they do it like Vegas did? But the upside of not drafting in an expansion draft like Vegas did is that you have a bunch of cap space for the second year. So you have time in the offseason to get those Bjorkstrands and the Burakovskis that you need to where now you're looking at, 
I would argue the deepest team in the NHL. I mean, from top to bottom. You create a deep, balanced lineup with very few holes, and a complete team in the Pacific Division is a team that's going to win games. A team with everyone contributing in the Pacific will land you in a playoff spot. Yeah, you know what? Okay, I understand. I mean, I expect to see them in the playoffs. I yeah. I, I think that is quite a take saying that the deepest team uh, in the league. But I I respect you. I respect that take. I love the I love the Kraken. So yeah, yeah. But anyways, continue. Cause oh right, let sorry. We're getting into <laughs> yeah, a the worst. Uh, the worst. All right, let's get. I, into I would the say worst. the worst players, but our surprisingly bad team and right. a player that we just don't think is so hot this let, season. Let's start with a player and go around. So I actually have a a nice little interesting choice here my sneaky bad player for the first half of the 2022 2023 season is jonathan huberdo that's so crazy like respect but the kachuk huberdo deal was supposed to be a win for the flames but unfortunately that has not been the case last year in the panthers president's trophy run remember they won the president's trophy huberdo tallied a career high 115 points with 85 helpers Carrying the team by running up ridiculous scores. I remember last year, I can't remember how many times I would check the NHL app and the Panthers had either scored four, five, or six goals in a game. It was like every game. It was was ridiculous. And the Flames, they're not out of it yet, but they're not going to make the offs unless Huberto picks it up. Because right now he's fourth on the team in terms of points. That's not what you got him for. When you have someone behind Tyler Toffoli, who, quite frankly, in L.A. was good, mm-hmm. but he wasn't your star like Huberto should be, I don't know, man. Hmm. Fair enough. I I respect that. I think I, I've gone back and forth on my player um, for who I want to say, and I think I think it, it, it pains me very greatly to say who I am about to say, but but I have to say Dawson Mercer. Not bad, Ooh. not bad, just not as good as I wanted him to be. He's not bad by any means. I'm sure. still still sticking with, you know, 29 points, 11 goals, 18 assists. Not bad by any means, of course. Sure. And it hurts so bad to say his name in this segment because I love him. He's another very nice person. He, however, I think last season I was seeing him all over the ice. He was like rocking it in my opinion he was all over the ice he was so much more aggressive and this year I'm not seeing his name on the stat sheet as enough you know he played in all 82 games last year he's on pace to maybe play in all 82 or not all 82 but close to this year it just makes me sad that he's not quite as successful as I wanted him to be just because I wanted this year to be his Jack Hughes breakout year you know I wanted it to be what last year was for Jack Hughes I wanted that to be this year for Dawson Mercer and it wasn't Obviously, like I said, not doing bad by any means. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think that he's disappointing. I just think that I wanted more from him. I was I was hoping to see more out of him this year um, than I am. So yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. But no disrespect to the man. No, just, of course not. I wish he had broken up. Maybe next year's the year for him. You never know. Well, especially in a year like the Devils are having, to of where course. I mean they they were what second to last in the Metro last yeah. year. So when you have everyone producing more, that should bring up Dawson Mercer's stats. And I guess your point here correctly is that it just hasn't. So, you know, ho- hopefully Mr. Mercer turns it around. Yeah. I People were saying that he was a bust. And I was like, shut your mouth. Shut your actual mouth. Don't speak to me like that. If you're going to speak to me like that, get ready to fight. That's how I feel. Okay. I'm defensive of him. I find him quite kind. What about you, William? I... I can kind of relate to how Sam's talking about him with my player, except I would say that this player has been a certain disappointment. 
Ooh. And not because this player sucks, kind of like you said with yours, but I don't know, former number one pick Alexi Lafreniere. Oh. oh. That's a The clock that's is a ticking. Pick. That's pick. Whoa. The clock is ticking. Wow. That's a pick. I like Interesting. it. Continue. I love the controversy. I, I'm waiting for him to really break out and be the guy that pushes the Rangers into you know, the Stanley Cup finally, at least to make the Stanley Cup Finals appearance. But it's, what, his third season, I believe, now? Yes. No, it's his second. Second? It's not his second. That's for sure. There's no way it's his second. Third. I think it's his third. third. Let's, it's let's his just, third. Let me just look this up. It's the intangibles. I, <laughs> I very much believe it is his third season Um, as Sam looks this up. But as somebody who... It is, in fact, his third season, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, coming into the NHL, he was... You know, the, the the draft lottery that the Rangers won, it was literally the Lafreniere sweepstakes. Lose Every, for Laffy. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be so great. Just all this chattered about him. And then he comes in, and he's not bad, but he's just your average kind of player on the Rangers now. And it doesn't yeah. seem like he's really pushing the envelope. He's just kind of there. Sure. In the defense of Alexi Lafreniere, this will be the only time you hear me say that <laughs> in the history of ever. He hasn't really had to step up like that, Mm -hmm. which is the luxury that the Rangers are afforded this year to when you have guys like Panarin and Zabanajad scoring at the rates that they are. You you allow him to take maybe a little bit more of a backseat. As as Lou Orlando correctly notes, he is on a bit of a heater going into the All-Star break, but he he hasn't needed to. I I think Gallant's really happy letting him tool on the smaller things Mm -hmm. that when he does need to take over for this team and two years time that he yeah. he has the little things down so that way you can really see him flourish so I'm, I'm not too worried about him though I do agree he's not maybe you know if you're looking at a first round draft pick as a forward you're thinking he's going to be putting up all crazy kinds of points which yeah. to your point the way he, he was he been. was you know looked at coming into the league you sure. would expect yeah. more yeah I agree oh yeah I don't have much else to add besides I, I agree I think that's a controversial pick you've just made but I, I like it I think that's fun and yeah I mean a lot of people have been saying, do you get rid of him at the deadline? Is he a trade piece? Is he a pawn? I don't know about that. But um, I think that that's going to be something that a lot of fans at least seriously call for. Um, because a lot of people think that he's a disappointment being a former first-round draft pick. Okay, so now we're going to pivot and we're going to go into our sneaky worst team. Okay. And this will be one of our last segments. Sure. But we're going to go around the table once again. All right. Nick, who do you have? The sneaky bad team. Going into the All Star break, going into their All Star break, is the Florida Panthers. <laughs> All Star All Star game is in Florida. Um, the Florida Panthers are twenty four, twenty two, and six. This was not what the twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two Panthers had in mind. On paper, with the addition of Matthew Kachuk, this team was supposed to remain in the top five teams of the NHL all year. There was no reason at all to think otherwise, and yet here they stand with a 29.3% chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they're out of it. I I do not think they are out of it. Barkov, Verhage, and Chucky, they all have the ability to steal this team a, a bunch of wins and put up those points like we saw last year. But here you sort of have the... I'd call them the anti-Kraken because they they do also have a lot of depth on their team, specifically on the blue line. But the story comes down to consistency in goaltending to where 
you need a healthy Bobrovsky, you need a healthy Knight to where both of them have been injured. Um, but if they both play to their ability and everyone contributes, I think Florida could have a good second half to fight into that wild card spot where, as the Florida Panthers do, they will lose in the first round of the playoffs. As they do. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think I expected the Panthers to be that bad this year. And it's, no, it's hard to watch. I mean, last year I picked them winning their uh, uh, their first round or whatever it was in my in my bracket. And then I looked real silly after they that. Yeah, who so. didn't? I like right like I feel like everyone picked who they play. Yeah, who they play? Oh gosh, the I Caps, know. I think. I think you're right. No wait, they lost in the second round to the Caps. Honestly, at this point, my brain. I think that I had them. In, Her like, brain just goes burn Colorado. My brain. Okay, <laughs> my brain does not do that. First of all, hey, I could have mm, said Kale McCarr. Mm. I love him, and you know what? He is good. Sorry that we have three All Stars in the All Star game. Suck it. Anyways. My sneaky so bad Islanders. team. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> I do care. I do care. Obviously, all fun and games here on 5 on 3. But my sneaky bad team is maybe not so sneaky, but they're just a bad team. It's the Anaheim Ducks. Really? Really bad team. Um, which makes me sad. I say sneaky bad team for this because I think I expected them to be doing a little bit better than they're doing right now. They currently sit with 37 points um, last in the Pacific Division. 16, 29, and 5. Their last game was a 2-1 win versus the Arizona Coyotes. whoop de doo The other almost worst team in the league. Wow, what a stomper for them there. I just I think I expected them to be better with the talent that they have. You know, they have Troy Terry. They have Trevor Zegras, one of my other favorite players. They have Frank Vetrano now, who right. did really well for the Rangers last year. They've got Frank. They've got these players that I, I expect, like Cam Fowler. Like, I expected yeah. them to be so much better than they are and john and, gibson too who is so john talented gibson. he's so talented he is wasting a, his career he's he is honestly wasting his career he's a great goalie and now he's stuck or not maybe not stuck there you know but like he's he's on a very losing team and it makes me sad because i love trevor zegers i really like troy terry and it makes me very sad to see this team doing so poorly i thought they'd be doing a little bit better but they are dog water this year they are so bad so bad yeah all right, so my team is I uh, listen, you guys both I think have very good picks. Um especially Nick, I think the Panthers are definitely definitely a disappointment. But yeah. but I think I have a team that's even more of a disappointment. Mm. And that's the Calgary Flames. Oh. Mm. I I disagree with this one. I'd love to hear though. First seed last year and this year they're kind of just hovering. Right. And it for for me, I didn't say this before, but like in terms of they're like my second team because I'm also Canadian. So oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't so know that. what 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 part of Canada? Um, I didn't. No, I'm not actually from Canada. I'm just a citizen because I inherited it from my dad. Sick. Oh, okay, cool. So um, that's my kind of Canadian team, and it you know in addition to the Rangers not doing so hot, which hurts me. <laughs> now to see the Flames do like this is also kind of annoying and frustrating because right now they are just i i they're the fifth seed in the pacific division right um not sure if they're gonna make the playoffs it's, it's a close pacific though it's it, it's it's close when it comes to those bottom teams in the playoff spot it's close but the top four teams are all at 28 29 wins and the flames are a few games behind at 24 they're kind of hovering right there because they don't really have much space to go as of right now because um, the team above them, the Oilers, has 28 wins. The team right below has 20 wins. That's the Canucks. 
Um, but I did feel like I expected better from the Flames, especially from a from a first seed last year. I also expected them to to make a deeper run in the playoffs last year, but um, obviously they didn't. Um, but I guess we're going to wrap up with a final segment, and we're going to go with our favorite storyline from the first mm. half of the season. Nick? Oh, I okay, sure. Yeah, I'll go first. My favorite storyline. You don't have to go first. I mean, if you want oh, to. Oh, no, see. I'd love to. Okay. <laughs> Which also could contend for the sneaky worst team. Okay. But it's not sneaky, and that's why it's my favorite storyline. The Columbus Blue Jackets are my favorite storyline of the 2022-2023 season. This is the most Ohio thing to ever happen to an NHL team. They got the darling of Winnipeg, Patrick Laine. Everyone in Winnipeg loved that guy. And he was like, you know what? No, I'm going to Columbus. And then Johnny Hockey from your Calgary Flames. Is ruining his career there <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. So they just, so the Columbus Blue Jackets thought, okay, we got these two stars. The rest of our team, as Sam Borer would put it, is dog water. So you, you want to throw those two guys out on the wing on the same line that Boone Jenner is going to have to center them. Mm. And he's going to have to be providing goals to these two scores who, frankly, Line A and uh, Gaudreau, they're much more finishers than they are, you know, they, 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 they get points, they're point getters. So, you know, to rely on Boone Jenner to get your two top scorers going is tough. And especially, you know, it's tough to overcome sort of the garbage coming from like Gavrikov and his pylons on the blue line. Like Nyquist and Morensky are also injured, which isn't helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, remember when Corpusallo and Elvis Mers Lincolns were considered the best tandem goaltenders two years ago? Which is crazy, yeah. Do you guys remember that? That was nuts. Um, combined this year, uh, Corpusallo and Mers Lincolns have given up the second most goals in the league. Uh, they have an 889 save percentage combined, and they give up on average almost four goals a game. Yet this team, this team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, has taken the least amount of penalties of any team in the NHL. So this would be a good thing for the successful teams alongside them in this category, like the Knights, the Kraken, and the Hurricanes, who are also in that upper echelon of teams who don't take penalties. Mm -hmm. But you're the worst team in the NHL, which means that you're just playing soft hockey. Yeah. You are, you are, this is some of the softest hockey I've seen. There's no grit in Columbus. The tendies are Swiss. And poor, poor Johnny Hockey is, and Patrick Laine are wasting their careers in Columbus. And that's my favorite storyline of this year. I love that. I can't even disagree with that. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. I love that. Respect. My, my favorite storyline of the year is not um, necessarily team related. It is just about one player and it's Alex Ovechkin um, becoming oh. the second highest school scorer of all time. Uh, or points, sorry, of all time, uh, right behind and chasing Wayne Gretzky's record. I have to say that's okay. up there for me. I mean, is whatever of a figure as he is off the ice, can't deny he's one of the greatest of all time on the ice. And it's really cool that we are watching history right. be made right before our eyes. And we very, very much so likely, not this season, but next season or two seasons from now, right. are going to watch the greatest record in the world set by the greatest hockey player to ever do it 
to be be broken in our lifetimes while we are fans of the game and I just think that is so incredibly exciting so I have loved watching him this year and I mean it's similar to me to watching you know like the LeBron record chasing the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar record it's like wow we are really watching sports history right before our eyes and it's it's amazing especially as a hockey fan and a Wayne Gretzky fan it's great to see that his record might be broken and he's fine with it no it'll be great seeing or at least having an NHL leading goal scorer that can lift the puck um so you know, no disrespect to Wayne, but like, how did you really get those two thousand points? Like, like I know you're just sliding it in five hole. So, hey. <laughs> anyway, he's still good. He's still better than I am. So. And finally, Will Jing. I mean, I do have something to add on a little bit to what Sam just said. Mm. Um, it it's great to see history, but it's also it's a little bit of a thorn in my side because I'm just being a Rangers fan and knowing what happened a couple of years ago, I'm not the biggest fan of the Caps and having a Vetchkin be that guy is a little bit like Sure. And I mean, the other my surprising uh, uh, excuse me, my storyline uh of the first half of the season so far is unfortunately going to be a good thing for another team that I don't like and that is the crosstown rival New Jersey Devils. Oh. Mm-hmm. Going from second to last last year to second place this year led by Jack Hughes. This is another thing. I just this was I mean, I was deciding between this and the Kraken for um the surprisingly good team and this is once again just in, in a similar way that the Kraken. I just didn't I there's no way I saw this coming. Like for the Devils to just completely turn around. They they've kind of just been irrelevant for like the last couple of seasons and then just here they come. Like now all of a sudden they're Stanley Cup contenders, you look at every single power ranking, they're like top five, at, you know, top five, if mm-hmm. not right outside there. And it's just, I mean, I, I don't know if either of you guys are Devils fans, but if you're a Devils fan, and I know there's a lot of people at Fordham that are being from New Jersey, that this is a this is a good year to be a Devils fan. Totally. I think covering them last year was just so much fun and obviously a much more tragic season for them last yeah. year, but this year they're just rocking it and so I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the Devils always and that franchise as a whole and I'm so happy to see them having success. Also just quick on a real mention and I, I you can't really not say this but the Boston Bruins um, and the season that oh, they're yeah. having of course, of course. is Amazing. absolutely unprecedented. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. They did, didn't they drop three in a row though recently? I believe they did right before the All-Star break so Ooh. maybe that's they're still far and away the first seed, though. It's there, a sign of things to, to come. Worry about. A sign of things to come. And that'll be the title of the episode. Nice. It probably will be. Rock on. Nick Palmer makes a lot of our titles. Anyway, <laughs> we might we might actually make that the title of the episode as we walk out of here, but that does it for today's episode of Five on Three. I am Will Jing. I was here with Nick Palmer, Samantha Borer. This was a production of WFUV Sports from my Bobby Chuck.